When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to the SICK Podcast, Recruits DraftCast. Um, not the greatest of news today, but we're still going to be talking about the World Juniors nonetheless. We're also going to get to our prospect of the week. Again, we have Rocco coming back on for Rocco's Riser of the Week. And today, we have two Habs prospect of the week for you Habs fans. So stay tuned for that, and let's get started. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Recruits Draftcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL Draft and Scouting Podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, you know the deal by now. I'm your host, producer Shane. That is, the man by my side is the amazing Grant McCag, and we bring in, cue the music, Rocco Zapia. How we doing? How we doing, Rocco? <laughs> oh, he you gets it right away. Talk. How awesome is that? <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Eh, good. Couldn't I was be doing okay till uh, till we had to hear that freaking song again. You know, you're going to, just play. like me, Grant, you're going to grow to love that. Yeah. What is it? What's the name of it? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what the title is. It's, it's the Italian <laughs> national anthem. There it is. Oompa Oompa. Okay. There you go. Jesus. But yeah, uh, guys, disappointing result for Team Canada at the World Juniors, obviously. Losing to Czechia 3-2, uh, a f- dagger. 11 seconds left in the game, just a, a, a fluky goal deflected off of Oliver, Bo- Oliver Bonk. Kind of ironic since he's part Czech. Um, but overall, guys, what, what, what do we think went wrong? Like, aside from that fluky goal, you know, Team Canada not even making the semifinals is egregious. Like, that's, that's wild, you know? So what went wrong? Go ahead, Rocco. Well... <laughs> Maybe it's disappointing. Egregious is tough. They're, they're teenage kids at the end yeah. of the day. Um, for me, the biggest thing that they were lacking was a little bit more high-end skill, a little bit more high-end finishing ability. They had a, a team that, for the most part, are guys that all worked really hard, and you, you like the way they all play. But Celebrini, if, if he wasn't doing it, who who really was? Rekhoff looked really good. I'm a little disappointed they didn't get much time playing together. I thought they could have had an opportunity to produce, especially when they weren't really scoring much in that quarterfinal. Something to try at least. But the last goal, there's not much you can do. That's a that's a fluke play. The timing sucks. You feel bad for the for the, you feel bad for the goalie especially, and for, and for for Bonk who the puck went off. But I mean, what are you gonna do? You regroup, you come back next year, and don't take it away from the Czechs. They played really hard. They played a good team game, and, and they deserved it. And and 
the underdog story, taking the fact that we're Canadian out of it, you like a good underdog story, and, and maybe they can make a run and go get and go get a medal, which would be huge for their program, mm-hmm. uh, I think. So, Grant, I'll pass it to you at this yeah. point. All those shot blocks, eh? They were uh, amazing. And how missed many shots too? Like yeah. missing the net. Oh my god! I need to know yeah. the number of shots that actually hit the net because it's yeah. it, compared to the ones that they missed was awful, awful. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm with Rocco with the. I think egregious is a little. I mean, it's a one game uh, shootout, right? One game, uh, sudden death, and Harabel's uh, uh, a good goalie. So, in that, uh, we've seen it at the World Juniors. So, how many times in the last fifty years? It's not necessarily the team on paper that wins. Yeah. It's the you know, we'll get a good goaltender in there. Um, don't bury your chances and uh, you can lose to any team that's in the, you know, that makes it to the medal round. So um, I, the way I look at it and, and the, you know, going into the tournament, why I didn't think that they'd win. Um, I mean, they had one returning player. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Typically you need to, uh, you need, you need some veterans, some guys that have been through it before. And uh, you know it would have been handy in the uh, in the in that game to have uh, some veterans that that have been through the wars. There was one guy that played last year, Owen Beck. We've got a little clip here that uh, I'd like to play. Just uh, you see Raykov chirping guy Cowan. This is when they're down two one, and you see Beck beside them, telling them, "Okay, guys, you know it's, this isn't the time to be." This isn't the time to be uh, hamming it up, and uh, you know we're down two one to checks. I played against them in the gold medal game last year, and we were lucky to beat them in overtime. Like, focus on the game, get be serious, and you know it was the one vet, and I think it told a story. It told you that these guys, uh, you know, uh, they come, they don't, they didn't play in the world summer showcase. They didn't have a summer training camp they were together like two days you know and then they made their five cuts or whatever it was before this tournament played an exhibition game and they're supposed to come together as a team i think other teams had a jump on first of all they had returning players they played in the summer showcase in the summer so they had some familiarity with each other and they had experience and canada had none of those right off the bat it equalizes, you know. Maybe we've got the most uh, draft picks or the second most. Well, it equalizes things a lot, I think, when you when you haven't played together as a team and you're just supposed to gel right away. And I think we saw that throughout the tournament. Canada didn't really play uh, a superb game in any of the matches, I didn't think. So mm-hmm. um, I think they have to get back to having participate at the summer showcase in the summer have a summer camp i mean i was talking to uh, an nhl uh, uh somebody involved in the nhl that's been in hockey canada before and you know and asking him about you know uh just about that and he said well they, i think they're putting more hockey canada is putting more of their resources into the women's program now uh, and that's where a lot of the money's going well i it you know how can these other teams afford to do to go to bring a team over to the summer showcase, fly them over from Europe in the summer, 
spend all that money. They have the money. They don't host the World Junior Tournament every two years in 18,000 capacity seat arenas, charging $100 a seat. Have, where does all this money go that Hockey Canada raises from the World Juniors every two years, from the under-18s that they host every two years? Well, all of this, you know, no other nation is, is raising money like Canada does just from tournaments alone. Well, how come they can afford to do it and Canada can't? It's ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. There has to be changes. There has to be some uh, changes made. I, where does all this money go all the time, you know? Uh, they get funded by the federal government. They get uh, registration fees are phenomenal for every kid in minor hockey. Where does the money go? Why, why could they not be at the summer? Why could they not afford a summer camp? Like, to me, that's ridiculous. So that I think it starts at the top is where, you know, you can blame the kids all that you want or the coach. Mm. I don't think that's not where the, you lay any blame for, no. for what happened. It's I think it's Hockey Canada. It's squarely on their shoulders. I agree. Yeah, no, that's it. it. Putting any blame on on the players themselves, I think, would be wrong. They played the best that they can. And like you said, they didn't have time to create chemistry. They were thrown in. Play well, you know, good luck. And the lines were jumbled up, too, all the time. So they couldn't create chemistry between each other. It, it was a recipe for disaster. And, and I think you guys touched on it in your show when you gave an outlook for um, the World Juniors. I don't think any many people expected Canada to win this year, but finishing fifth was was still a surprise, I think. Uh, oh, but sure. all the credit to Czechia because they did play a heck of a game and they are a heck of a team. And now moving on to the semis, right? Because it's Czechia against Sweden and the U.S. against the surprising Finns. Those are going to be some fun games, and, and especially Czechia-Sweden because those two teams, I think, are aspiring to the gold medal like they could genuinely challenge uh, who i think is going to be the u.s makes it in the other game but those are going to be some some sweet games do we have any predictions go ahead yeah i mean for me the sweden versus united states is the final that i personally would like to see i think that's the final that hockey fans deserve to yeah. watch those those are the two those are the two probably the best teams on paper and, and on the ice, honestly, I would yeah. love to see them have a great gold medal, 60 plus minutes, ideally, hopefully not a shootout, but hopefully something that ends on an incredible hockey play, hopefully Sweden over the United <laughs> States. <laughs> yeah. But those those are the two teams that I, like, that's the matchup you, you want. Again, taking the fact that we're Canadian, you're cheering for Canada the whole time. But as a as a just a fan of the game, I think that would be an incredible World Junior. It's it's tough. It's tough as a Canadian. You have so much pressure. These guys are following up back to back gold medals. They have one returning player, like like Grant said. To your point, they're missing the net left and right. Like that's a sign you're gripping it tight. Mm -hmm. They can feel the pressure. It's not an easy situation, and I think that. I think we do a better job of it now in the, in the newer age with social media. You're a little more aware of how these things actually affect kids. Back like 15, 20 years ago, I remember on TSM, they used to just rip them up and down if, if they didn't if they didn't medal. Um, so we keep that in mind. They went and represented the country. They gave it their all. It's not 
the players take some of the blame, of course, but there's a lot of other factors that we've touched on that went into why they weren't able to come together and finish the job. But they need to be proud. They went, they represented their country. That's something that nobody can ever take away from them for the rest of their careers and a memory that they'll always have. And they deserve our applause and our respect, even though the result wasn't what anybody wanted. And I'm looking forward to four more really good games and see how the tournament finishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't ready to move on uh, from the first topic there either. So I'll I'll just keep I'll touch on that a bit further if if that's okay there, Mister Host. Um, I uh, just uh, I think uh, the goaltending is something. I was looking back now. I mean, the goaltender, you know, he. I'm not blaming it on the goalie. I, what I'm saying is, how come Canada does not have like in the past decade, how many great Canadian goalies have uh, have come out of the draft? Like, uh, I mean, if you put a team together every decade, including this one of the top top twenty forwards, top ten defensemen, um, no other team would, no other country would have as many players as Canada. You know, McDavid, yeah. but you know, you, you McKinnon, if you go back, like just on and on, where at least a quarter of those players would be Canadian if you made a, you know, the best players from the past decade uh, at forward and defense. In net, you, you know, Carter Hart is the closest yeah. thing, I guess, in the past decade to a, to a goalie that you could argue would be in the top 10 of the best goalies that come out of the draft in the past decade, one out of 10. It's certainly not 10% when it comes to forwards and defense, you know? So why, what's happening with the development of Canadian goalies? Why are we probably fifth or sixth? I mean, you could say Czechia, Finland, United States, uh, um, Russia for sure. Mm -hmm. Like you can name, five or six countries, Slovakia even, that that is developing better goaltenders for the NHL in the past uh, few years than Canada. Why, why is that the case? And uh, I think it's something that maybe we have to look at as a, uh, and it'll be a topic that I want to bring up with Andre Tournier when we, uh, when we interview him later today. So uh, that to me, it, it like, not a huge fault, but you would have liked to have seen him save one of those two in the first period and getting behind two nothing against a team like Czechia that you know they go into the trap and they block shots and they play so well defensively. That really, really hurt the team. Now I'm not blaming the goalie on. I'm just saying that you would have liked to have seen him maybe stop one of those two and it put the team behind the eight ball. And, uh, I mean, he, he had a solid tournament. I think he played above his head. You know, he didn't play, he didn't under achieve, but, you know, why was he, why was there not a better, why is there not a better goalie for the Canadians? He's probably the fifth or sixth or seventh best goalie at the tournament. Well, it's such a key position to win a one game knockout, you know, in the medal round. And I think 
it's it's a it it's a major reason why Canada is not, uh, you know, th they have their hands full uh, every game in the medal round now when they when they get to the World Juniors, and that that certainly wasn't always the case in the past. So I remember when I was a kid, for myself, like I always kind of wanted to be to try out a goalie, and, and it was, you know, my parents were we we were a working class family, not poor, but it was a consideration where it's like, well, you know what, you're a decent enough player and, and it do doesn't make sense. We don't have 2,500 bucks for goal a year or whatever the cost is. I think that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, but the, the, the uh, other uh, end of it is, is, is just, go ahead. Yeah. Just like, a, we're, you know, our GDP compared to Slovakia, Czech Republic, uh, you know, name these countries, Russia, like, we're, we're our parents have more money than their parents, you know. So that's not a, that doesn't that doesn't explain how they're developing more goalies than we are, other than the system. Like we've got a like how do, how are they managing to develop these goalies and, and afford to get goalies? Do they have a better do they have a better system where they don't have to pay as much for their kids to play hockey? I don't know. There's something. There's something broken in that regard. Um, like I don't know. I wish there was better accountability with how Hockey Canada, you know, financially is running things. Because I think that there's there's issues there that need to be need to be fixed. You know, I, I agree. We're not. It's expensive to uh, become a goalie, but it's the same way in all those other countries. Why are they able to develop better? goalies than than Canada now it's that doesn't that you know that isn't a when you compare it to other countries it's not a reason as far as I'm concerned no and that's and that's and that's fair enough too and I don't know how they do things in other countries there obviously does need to be uh, a, a strong consideration about what they're not doing correctly because this should be a solvable issue we always have produced high-end net mining talent as long with every other position on the ice. So there's no reason why I should stop now. T to me, one of the biggest question is it has to come. It has to come from the kids because the only kids that make the NHL anyways, are the kids who really, really want it bad. You have to really, really, really want it bad to make that level. So how do you get, how do you get your kids who are your best athletes to want to be goalies? And what do you do to encourage, to encourage that? And to get them together and to give them opportunities and maybe you study maybe you study other countries and what they're doing right like you look at like russia's a goalie factory and i know we don't want to model anything after russian politics aside because i get that but from just a hockey perspective mm -hmm. how many of the top five goalies in the league are russian three maybe so what are they doing right how are they getting their, their top athletes what are they doing training wise development wise to get them you know where is Where's our, where are our goalies with those incredible, incredible, strong, high-end push legs that get side to side in a split second that other countries are, are doing? And that's almost the norm for the new goalies now. And I find a lot of Canadian goalies can still be almost like less athletic and more, more position, more shot blockers. I think there needs to be a return to athleticism in that department and you refine the goal. They're not going to be ready to play in the league till they're 26. Anyways, you don't need to teach them 
how to be 100% positional when they're 12 and 13 years old. I think that's where you learn. And I, and please let me preface this. I'm, I'm not a goalie expert. This is just, So I, I'm just talking my opinion here. If someone who is a goalie expert maybe has a better opinion. But I think a return to athletic-focused training could make a difference because that is kind of where we're seeing it lacking behind the other countries. But that's just that's just my two cents. There's there's people who are experts in goalies who've been playing goalie their whole life that might have better ideas. But I think we can all agree at the end of the day, something does need to be done because there's no reason based on the talent level in our country that that, that should be the case. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. If we're satisfied with our, our world junior coverage, we'll move on to our prospect of the week here. And that being Mr. Sam Dickinson. Let's let's see some of his highlights, and uh, Grant will listen to your commentary. Rocco as well. Yeah. You've you've seen him play, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, a few times. I'll let Grant go here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Better. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this this is um, highlights from his last seven games. He's had fourteen points in his last seven games. Now I was looking back at the game by game. Uh, because it, you know, I, I had dropped him a little bit because he just wasn't showing that offense that uh, we kind of expected this year. In the the seven games before this, he had one point, so he went from one point in seven games to fourteen points in seven games. Mm. Now, obviously, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh, to to put two and two together as far as Oliver Bonk leaving right for the World Juniors and him getting more you know, more offensive opportunity with Bonk gone. Uh, so that would account for some of it. But I have a feeling when uh, Bonk returns that we're still going to see uh, more offense from, from Dickinson as the season goes along because uh, he showed, I think, <laughs> quite capably that he's uh, that he can be uh, London's uh, main offensive weapon on the, on the point. There, there was a beautiful lead pass, but he did a bit of everything uh offensively uh some nice shots some uh going in tipping that puck as we saw in that second last highlight that that you know some great feeds um so i mean you you look at the you look at the whole offensive package that he has uh, the size the the vision the shot um the passing ability like good good puck skills there's uh there's decent offensive, uh, you know, the, the scouts been telling me, the big guys been telling me all year, oh, he's, you know, he, he's quite skilled offensively, but it wasn't really translating to the point totals that we kind of like to see for him, uh, for a guy, if we're going to consider him for the top five in the draft. Uh, but obviously, you know, 14 points in his last seven games is an indication that, uh, that this guy's got, uh, pretty good offensive uh, potential at the next level too. So um, it was great to see him uh, step up his game offensive. There was a beautiful rush. Um, it, you know, you, you, you get, get an idea of his, uh, his confidence level at this point. He, he's not afraid to jump up into the play and he's got the speed to do it. So uh, I've been uh, quite impressed with, with Dickinson since Bonk went away to the world juniors. And um, I think uh, this is an indication of uh, what you're going to see the next couple of years um, 
if Bonk goes to the NHL mm-hmm. next year, then you know he's he's going to replace him uh, offensively next year. But certainly the year after that, I wouldn't be surprised if he led the. Uh, you know, he's right up there with Parekh as far as point totals go at the OHL level. So uh, I've moved him back up a few slots in the rankings, and um, I, you know, I've been very impressed by him of late. What do you uh, what do you think of that, uh, Rocco? Is uh, his offensive potential? I think he's he's one of those players where, and you see this from a lot of the top 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 defensemen. It's not that they don't have offensive ceiling or ability. It's that they play such a complete game that they're not they're not going to be running up insane gaudy point totals because they're too busy being defensemen, sort of thing. But he has the ability to do it, and it shows when he's put in the situations that that ability is there. You see it. You see it with guys all the time. They said Sanderson didn't have super high end offensive, Heiskin and same thing, Petrangelo. But like, look at these guys. These are some of the best, or developing into some of the best defensemen in the league. And for me, Dickinson is a guy that you can put out there in any single situation, and he has the toolbox. To if he can't do it already, he can learn to do it. His feet are great. His size is great. His vision and his brain are very good as well. He makes a great pass. His breakouts are great. He defends the rush while he defends the cycle while he really ticks all the boxes as a truly complete, complete defenseman for me. And I did the same thing as Grant where I had him as number one defenseman in in the CHL at the beginning of the year dropped him a few spots and have since moved him back up. He's a guy that I really, really like. And I think, I think he's a player that you don't, you have so few question marks with him that you can draft him with confidence. Really. You're not taking him num- number one, probably not number two. Anytime after that, you're really, you're really confident with what you're getting. I think you, you just take the guy, you don't worry about it. I think he has, as long as he's developed properly, this is a guy that has first pair defenseman, 22 plus minutes a night, uh, written all over him. I think second pair as a, as a floor. I think he has a very safe pick because he has so few warts in his game. But I do think he also has that ceiling that you desire in a top five pick. And with Bonk going away, he's really had the opportunity to show that, taking over the majority of the offensive responsibilities. And that's a very classic London Knights thing where a guy in his draft who doesn't get maybe the point totals that he's necessarily capable of because they're always so deep. And then you see when a guy gets hurt or a guy goes to the world juniors or a guy graduates the year after, then you see, Oh, well, this guy really actually has more upside than, than we maybe thought. Um, I can't say enough good things about Sam Dickinson's game. Yeah. Well, he like, I think he showed more offense than bonk at the end of last year. So sure. we were expecting it actually from day one this year, but then Bonk's game looked uh, like it came to another, you know, hit another level. And uh, um, certainly Dickinson's been getting lots of ice time right from day one, but for whatever reasons, when Bonk went away, uh, he, you know, he grabbed the bull by the horns and it's nice to see, like he's got leadership. Obviously, he's got great leadership qualities in addition to everything else. So main reason why I had dropped him a bit was I was seeing mistakes 
creep into his play. And uh, we've got a, we've got um, I did a, uh, a look at one of his recent games and we've got some clips from that to show here. Um, these are just some notable plays that he made in that game, but here, uh, you know, great, uh, great play to reverse reverse on on the defender and uh get the puck away um he was i didn't see uh there wasn't one notable gaff by him in this game now you you know you combine that with uh with with the offense that we've seen from him lately this was a beautiful like what a nice skater <laughs> you know he didn't even get it that was probably the most impressive play and he didn't get a point on it that out of all the ones that we show here over the two video clips but uh very very good skater um there's a smart play you know he ran out of real estate and just did backed it up to to the guy behind him which showed some really nice vision he got an assist on that here he is uh solid defensive play you know got a stick down and deflected the pass joins the rush wiped out there that was one you know maybe the one play where you go, oh well you know but even still it was wasn't like necessarily a mistake but here he is uh using that size and uh and mobility to to get away from uh from a checker there's a beautiful beautiful one-timer you know he's got uh he's got some goal scoring ability that's for sure beautiful tip that he made on that uh you, you know he had the he has the confidence and the um, and the ability to uh, read the play and uh, join the you know join the offense in the offensive zone and and makes really smart plays. So I think he's going to uh, he's going to be an all round NHL defenseman with size, mobility that can uh, that can chip in some points. And I think he'll play probably. He'll play on a power play at the NHL level eventually, uh, whether it's the first one or not, hard to say, but certainly uh, he has the, uh, I think he has the upside to play on an NHL power play someday. And it, even if it's a second unit, that's fine because the rest of his game is so, so solid that uh, you're looking at a top four defenseman for sure mm -hmm. at the NHL level. I agree with Rocco with that. And I think he's got, top pairing upside so that gets you uh typically gets you a top 10 selection uh anywhere from two to ten is likely where he goes um i've seen him as high as two on a list and i can't i can argue against it but i understand it uh you know i wouldn't uh if, if someone took him second overall at the draft i wouldn't have a complaint with it you know because you're gonna get you're going to get a 20 minute defenseman at the NHL level. And the value of that is, you know, can never be underestimated. So um, prospect of the week uh, had a great, uh, great last six games. And, uh, you know, I hope he keeps it up and he, I mean, if he keeps scoring, a, you know, one and a half points to two points a, per game, the rest of the way wouldn't shock me if he ends up being the second guy picked in the draft after celebrating. There we go. Wow. High praise for Sam Dickinson. I mean, a high, you know, a large mobile defenseman, usually that's that's a hot commodity come draft time. So I think it is fair to expect his name to be called fairly early at uh, at the sphere there in, in Vegas. 
Uh, definitely a, <laughs> a name to keep an eye on for sure. Now, Rocco, I'll allow you the opportunity to introduce your riser this week, Mr. Harrison Brunick. Yeah, so we have Harrison Brunick, another right-handed defenseman this week. I did one last week. So he's with the Kamloops Blazers in the WHL. Uh, 6'3", 190-pound right-hand defenseman. So immediately you like his size. Originally born in Johannesburg, South Africa, of all places. Wow. Um, he brings really, really good skating. He's very smooth, very fluid um, in the way he moves around the ice. He demonstrates some really good quickness, I find, in his first few strides. He's able to get a good jump on the play, which makes his ability to retrieve loose pucks very, very good. Um, you'll notice a couple times in these clips, he's first on a loose puck, gets there really quickly, has a good jump. Um, anticipates the play well. He closes quickly on the play, and he brings a pretty consistent motor. I have no issues at all with his effort level throughout the game. Um, he retrieves the puck very well, again, as I mentioned, and he, and he does a good job on the breakout, both with his skating and his passing ability. If the lane's there to skate it, he'll take it, and if not, he does a good job using his skating to actually open up passing lanes to break the puck out. Above average puck skills, I don't think he has the same high, true high end, but it's above average. He handles the puck well. You have no complaints in that area at all. He defends above average, both on the rush and the cycle. You'd like him to get a little bit stronger, I think, along the boards. He's first on a lot of pucks, and he's very willing to engage in battles down low and around the boards in the dirty areas. But I'd like his win percentage in those to be a little bit higher, uh, but I think that'll come with strength because he is in the right spots to get to those pucks first. He competes, um, no issue getting in front of pucks, blocking shots. He's willing to put his body on the line uh, and take a little bit of a beating. He steps in front of a couple really good one-timers here through these clips. He's aggressive enough on the PK to force to force the play, but he doesn't lose his positioning. Um, he doesn't get caught chasing but if it's the opportunity is there or the situation calls for it to, to jump in and be aggressive and try to break up a play on the PK, he does a good job there. Makes good reads with the puck, doesn't force the play. He takes good care of the puck and doesn't put it into dangerous spots um, where the opponents have an opportunity to turn it over in a high danger area, which you like that from a defenseman. Someone who takes care of the puck is not putting you in bad spots. So that's a positive. He started slow on the offensive end this year. He only had one point in his first 10 games, but his offensive game has been developing lately. He's getting more power play time. He's got four points in his last five games, six in his last nine. So he's starting to show maybe not some high-end offensive ability, but offensive competence where he can chip in and contribute. And he makes, he makes smart plays. This is another guy that's not on a very good team. There's not a ton of high-end finishing ability around him. I suspect... If he had some more weapons on his team offensively, you might see a little bit of increase in points, but you like what he's doing and, he's, and he is chipping in offensively. Um, and he's doing it at both ends. He doesn't, he doesn't have a massive shot or, or, crazy, or crazy playmaking or insane creativity, but he is developing a very good, stable, two-way game. Not seeing him as necessarily a guy that, maybe might play definitely i don't think on the first power play but could be a guy that maybe in his prime plays sort of in all situations i think he'll carve out a role or could carve out a role uh as a really good five on five player who plays a pk 
maybe a little bit of power play here and there. Uh, mobile, two-way defenseman. I, I see a guy who could has a good chance to develop into an everyday player here because of his size and mobility, and he shoots right. Teams are going to give him a chance. You, you, like Grant said before, you can't have enough of these guys that are big and can move on the back end and can move the puck. Do I see a first-pairing guy here? I don't think so. I see some maybe some some top four upside for me. As of this juncture, he could improve a bunch in the second half, and I changed my tune. For now, what I see is a guy who has top four upside as a two-way player that really can – he can play a little bit of everything. And he's someone – he started a little bit lower on the list, but he's taken more notice recently. Um, you really like his mobility. At, at this point, he's in that – He's in that range of, of guys that you, you're, you're, I think he's confidently in the second round at least, and, and maybe vying for that, those last handful of spots um, towards the end of the first. I don't want to, I don't want to say that now I have him as a second rounder as a stand right now, but he's, he's gotten my attention over the last couple of weeks. With their first pick in the NHL draft, the Vegas Knights select Harrison Brunick. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, That's a possibility that no, I could see. Hundred percent, but he's but he's right in that he's right in that range where he yeah. could be towards yeah. the end of the first round, twenty-five think, to forty somewhere. Yeah, in yeah, ex exactly. End of the first or a really strong second rounder is where mm -hmm. I have him as of as of right this second. Well, that's where that's where we got him ranked. So we uh, uh, Rocco and I actually have been agreeing on uh, rankings pretty pretty well this year. So you know he's impressing me. I don't know whether, you know, I don't know whether it's just him, you know, oh, I got to please the guy. So I'll just pretend that I agree with him or not. But yeah, it's been, uh, it's been encouraging that we're, we seem to be on the same wavelength with these guys for the most part. So uh, I'm just um, generally a fan for me. If, if I was ever to have the opportunity to be with, with an NHL team, size and skating on the back end. Oh, for, for sure. Me, for me, would be a massive focus. So you see guys like this, and this is this just seems to be the year of defense. And every time, every yeah. time I watch a new guy, I keep and I mentioned this to Grant. I watch another guy, and I be like, okay, well, this is where all right, this is where I've seen the the drop offs about to happen. But then I, you watch a guy, I'm like, another yeah. big defenseman who can skate, and there's a there's a bunch of them. And yeah, yeah. It's well, very, you keep it's asking very, me. Very, it's very important. It's very important. There's a reason. There's a reason that teams that skate around with a big silver trophy at the end of the year, have a bunch of guys who are six, three plus on the back end. Yeah. You kept asking me, well, who do you want me to look at now? And I keep feeding you the defenseman because there's, you know, and you, and you like them uh, as a rule too. Like we both have. So this yeah, is the best defense yeah, crop. Can move. The, this is the best defense crop. Uh, the deepest I, I can remember, like, uh, there might be 15 guys going to the top, you know, top 32. Uh, wow. It wouldn't, wouldn't shock me that uh, almost half of the first round picks end up being defensemen. So uh, yeah, you know, it's a, if, if you're a team that's uh, starving for some help on the back end, uh, load up on first round picks this year, top 40 picks if you can, because uh, you're, you're going to get guys that can play. That's it. And that team is probably not the Montreal Canadiens because no. we know that no. they are loaded at D and we are about to get to their prospects of the week. But before that, Rocco, we thank you for your insight as always. Uh, you, you're, you're always welcome here and your, your segment, I think, is appreciated by all. So 
uh, have a have a great day and see you next week. Thanks very much, guys. I, I will mention Grant's got me on Twitter. Finally, you can follow me at Scout Rocco. If you want to hear more of me or tell me how much of an idiot I am, I'm happy to engage <laughs> in in some in some good hockey talk anytime. Uh, any excuse to get away from the office for a few minutes and chit chat with some other hockey fans. So give me a follow, and otherwise enjoy the rest of the show, guys. And I'll see you next time. Right on. Thanks, Thanks Rocco. Rocco. Take care. Thanks. All right, Rocco Zapia um, with Rocco's Riser of the Week. Great insight as always. So Grant, Habs Prospect of the Week. As I mentioned before, we have two this week because we're feeling generous. And there were two that were worth highlighting. But there is another that missed the cut that you wanted to highlight quickly. So I'll give you the chance to do that. Yeah, well, uh, last week's Habs Prospect of the Week was Philip Mayshar. And, uh, he, you know, he could easily have been um the guy again this week but we like to uh we like to spread it around spread the love you know so um but he gets a tip of the cap again for uh i don't know if you saw that tying goal that he you know that clutch goal that he scored uh um but he just kept producing and kept playing really well at the world juniors and probably was the prospect of the week again but we'll just give him a nod of the cap and say that uh a very deserving honorable mention for him this week. That's right. Very well, very well deserved indeed. Uh, so first prospect we're going to get to is goaltender Jakob Dobesh with the Laval Rocket, who had a, a, you know, a tougher start to the season, but he's really come into his own lately, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been, uh, look at that save. <laughs> nice. Last game, uh, he's, his last uh, six or seven games, actually six games, he's had uh, he's gone five and one, which is uh, welcome news for a mm-hmm. for a rocket team that was wallowing in last place before before he picked up his game. And uh, here were just a few of the saves, and the, I mean, he's got he's got such outstanding um, legs, um, <laughs> like he makes the way he gets back up. I don't know how he's got the strength in his legs to uh, to flex like he does. He gets in the butterfly and gets right back up instantly. He's just got such strong, flexible legs. It's uh, it's really impressive. This kid for a six four kid is athletic ability, but uh, as you can see by all of these saves that he made uh, versus Syracuse, he was uh, he was just outstanding in his last game. Um, Five and one. He's his save percentage. There was a spectacular save. His save percentage in uh, in those games is nine thirty. So hmm. he went from being a goalie that was saving about eighty eight percent of his of the shots or less, and and not winning games and getting uh, pulled after the first period, letting in five goals and games like that to uh, really steadying the ship. So he gets a lot of credit for. Uh, uh, mentally turning his game around, and uh, I'm sure the the goalie uh, the goalie coaches uh, get get a lot of uh, uh, plaudits as well for working with him and getting his mental game back in order because it was starting to look like he like he might have to go to the ECHL just to, mm-hmm. you know kind of like Samsonov with the with the Leafs having to get demoted there oh. because there, he was not playing well at all, mm-hmm. but. Um, he's the main reason why Laval's made a turnaround in the last two weeks. And, um, 
he gets he gets a nod as co co prospect of the week. Yep. Well deserved. Well, I mean, you know, as Habs fans, right, losing price is is like it's a void, you know, you, you, it's it's an unfillable void because of how good he was. But then, you know, you, you see guys like Sam Montembeau, who's playing great. And now Jakob Dobish, Jacob Fowler at the, at the World Juniors, even in KHL, Yevgeny Volokin. If you're not familiar with that prospect, I invite you to go check him out, putting up some very exciting numbers. But regardless, yeah. you know, there's there's actually some hope in goaltending with the Habs. So uh, very yeah. exciting yeah. indeed. And our co-prospect of the week, now some of you might say he's not a prospect because he's played games with the Habs before, but guess what? This is our show, so it's our rules, and we think he's a prospect. Arbor Jackeye has been fantastic with the Laval Rocket recently, hasn't he? Yeah, well, right now he's he's a prospect because he's playing Laval, you know. Um, and yeah, uh, he's gone down. He's not taking any stupid penalties. That's probably the most important thing, you know. Uh, but showing off that great uh, wrist wrister that he has from the point, you know, he's uh, he's gonna get. Oh, here's where he, you know, <laughs> Two guys. he yeah. eats sheriff. You know, there. I mean, there's a reason why they call him the sheriff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he he, you know, he he takes care of the town. You know. That's right. Uh, but he was uh, solid defensively over the last two weeks. He's been uh, cutting down on the mistakes, uh, playing a lot more disciplined. Oh, this was just a little funny thing that I don't know what was going on here with yeah, this guy. Was, oh, he so goes funny. there, then he goes over there, <laughs> and then they bring him out of there, and they put him back in the other. Like, I don't know what was going on, but this made me laugh with Jack I and Mayu at the... <laughs> They, it's gonna show. They're gonna show it here. Oh, uh, yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, I have been have been paired together, and I think they're yeah. becoming fast, becoming good buddies. There, you mm-hmm. can just see the way they interact on the ice and, and off. You know, uh, between whistles and stuff. I think that they've become good friends. So that's kind of cool to see. What an awesome defense pairing in the HL level, though, right? Mm-hmm. Very two six three plus guys that are tough that can shoot that can you know offense defense uh they i mean i don't know if both will be with the with the rocket in the playoffs but if they make it to the playoffs and those two are uh are repairing they'll be formidable here's the we'll give them uh oh, the one scrap that he's been in actually uh element uh He's not a real big guy, you know, kid from, I believe he's from the queue. He, he held his own, mm-hmm. but, uh, Jack, I, you know, just, I don't know that the guy even hit him, you know, he's got no, such a reach there. He just held him back and he take, took a few swings at Jack. I, but I don't think he ever connected with his head. You know, <laughs> He's just so strong and obviously he had the reach on him, but here he is again, just, <laughs> you know, he just grabs guys and and he's so strong. He just uh, he just dominates physically at this level. So it's it's fun to see him. He he's fast become a a crowd favorite mm-hmm. uh, in Laval, obviously. And you know, I mean they love him in Montreal too. But Laval, uh, you know they they love their tough uh, 
tough kids with great shots. He's got he's got it all as far as an AHL prospect goes. So um love to see him scoring, love to see him uh having fun. You know, he's accepted he's such a great kid. He's accepted the the demotion uh the right way with class and and stepping up his game and I mean he should be playing in the NHL right now but Struble's been so good Gooley and he's not going to beat out Gooley and Matheson um you don't want him you don't want him up there sitting in the stands so uh I think they're probably showcasing a couple other guys right now uh I don't know whether it'll be a package where it's Allen and uh and one of the defensemen that are on the team right now going for a forward or not it's a possibility but uh you just got to be patient keep playing well in laval and the call-up will come soon and he's an nhler you know he just uh um they just got such depth right now at at the left on the left side that they had to do something they had to they had to demote somebody that's not eligible on waivers and it was it was Jack Eye and a, and a message sent that uh, you know the penalty kill is not great and they can't afford to be uh, getting uh, uh, stupid penalties. You mm-hmm. know, um, just be a little smarter about when you when you get a penalty. Try to get the other guy to come with you to the box. And I mean, since he's been in Laval, that's been uh, I think he's taken one minor penalty. So wow. you know. He he's getting the message and uh he'll be back up soon. Yeah. Oh, I, I I have no doubt about that. And and again, that's why I mentioned that the Habs are unlikely to draft a defenseman uh yeah. fairly high this year, right? Looking at the depth is is absurd. And we haven't even seen like Hudson, Reinbacker, Engstrom yet. Like there's more to come. So uh yeah. the the depth of defensemen in, in the in the the organization is is remarkable but again that's that's how you win like you need a lot of good defensemen in order to get far and and we're loading yeah. up okay the the habs are loading up so uh should be excited as as a habs fan seeing these two succeed uh Jakob Dobesh and Arbor Jacki are co-habs prospects of the week and that'll do it for us this week folks thank you so much for tuning in as grant mentioned we're cooking up something Pretty special here with Andre Tourigny, head coach of the Arizona Coyotes. So stay tuned for that. Uh, as always, we invite you to go check out recruits.ca, right? Uh, you can see Grant and Rocco's rankings, any tar- any type of draft news, um, analysis, any type of Habs news as well. Tons of stuff there for you. And we invite you always to subscribe, leave us a comment and a like. It's always appreciated. Grant, any final comments? I can't wait to talk to Andre. So, so do I. So do I. That's going to be a really good one, folks. We're, uh, we're hyped about that. So uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you very soon. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts.